I'm on fire because Ray Ray is hot. No, really, it's really, really hot here right now. Ray Ray is fundamental, number one podcast from the get-go. And since you're listening, you got good sense, so let me break it down on this instrumental. It's basketball and all its essences. It's full of pop culture references. Okay. Point guards to stretch fours and fives. The last Buffy episode, despite survive. Uh, yeah. Never mind, let me get on track. Houston had a good run, and a team was stacked. We had plans for the team, wolves, y'all remember? Yeah. Quick question in sync, who's your favorite remember? Oops, uh, I did it again. Hold up, wait, best team on the court, probably Golden State. Yeah. Curry and them, yeah, they out this world, but that's Gray's top five, he's saying the Spice Girls. <laughs> the Ray Ray's Fundamental Podcast, episode 123. Right now, it's the wee hours of August 17, 2020, but the main but the main meat and potatoes of the show is recorded August the 16, 2020, as I previewed the NBA playoffs with my guests. What is up? My name is Ray Ray, but please spell my name like the girl from Star Wars. So, my guest for the show is my old friend Evan Barnes for the Memphis Commercial Appeal. If you remember, he was on the show last March at the beginning of this pandemic, so obviously we're friends, so we talked over the last few months. And he said the next time he comes on the show, he wanted to talk about NBA Jam. So I got him back here. We're going to talk NBA Jam after we have an NBA playoff preview. And by the way, kudos to the NBA, WNBA, as well as I believe the MLS and the NHL for keeping their bubbles intact. No coronavirus outbreak going on there, so there is some sort of normalcy going on with these sports happening. Major League Baseball, on the other hand, <laughs> they fumbled it pretty badly, but uh, I'm a little surprised they're still going. But maybe they can fix it down the line, but I am not holding my breath for it. Anyway. We have an hour to talk NBA playoffs and NBA Jam. I'm not going to delay it any further. So here it is, Evan Barnes of the Commercial Appeal. He also has a nice perspective of the Grizzlies, too. So here we go in three, two, one. Ray Ray is Fundamental Podcast, episode 123. ABC, it's easy as one, two, three. My guest! <laughs> He used to work for the LA Daily News, the Daily Breeze. Now he is covering football and the Grizzlies at the Memphis Commercial Appeal. My friend is back. Evan Barnes, what's up? Ray, my buddy, my man, how you doing? You know, it's weird that I didn't realize that it's been five months since we last talked on the podcast. That's like a long time ago already. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's not like the world has changed or gotten crazier since, right? Yeah, I know. Now we have fire tornadoes invading California. I'm just like, what's going on here? I saw that. I was like, wait a minute, like, is this going, like, is 2020 basically turning into, like, you know, the apocalypse now or something? Yeah, it's it's crazy, and, like, right before we went on this podcast, we're talking about how hot it is right now over here. I mean, it's not extremely hot, but you mentioned that I sounded like I was melting, so... <laughs> you did, like, as we're recording, because so, we talked about this, so, right now, it is 88 degrees in Memphis with humidity, it feels like, it feels like 91 degrees, Right now, back home, I have it set to Redondo Beach where mom, my mom stays. Yeah. It is 88 degrees, 39% humidity, feels like 90. L.A., 93 degrees, feels like 95. So you guys are officially hotter and more humid than Memphis right now. 
let, let me check my local. Okay, so it is 90 degrees of humidity. If humidity is 91, so Ooh. yeah. Um, the funny thing is that like for most of July and August, it's been really good, like mid 70s. I'm like, oh, I'm I'm enjoying this, right? And then I guess for the next 10 days, it's supposedly gonna be high 80s, low 90s. So yeah. Good luck. Good luck, man. I, mean, <laughs> I can tell you, like, I say the same thing to myself. Like, I stay inside a lot when I'm not, like, running errands. But, man, the heat, good luck because I have a lot of black shirts, so I have to basically decide what shirt not to wear <laughs> in the summer. Yeah, <laughs> I know. I remember two years ago when I when I had a trip – when I made to I made a trip to Phoenix, and uh, it was, there was a monsoon going on over there. And then later on, it became normal. It was, like, 95 degrees. But back, <laughs> But back here – it was like 97, 98, so I was like, why the heck is Southern California hotter than Phoenix, Arizona? I didn't get it at the time. <laughs> it's always weird when, like, you're in a city that's known for, like, a certain temperature. Yeah. And then realize that where you n- normally stay, your home market is, like, it's worse there. You're just like, yeah, my my whole system is, like, jacked up right now. I this see. is not, this isn't right. <laughs> I know. How is this happening? Right now, I have an ice pack on my back. There is nothing wrong with my back. It's just hot. You know, so... <laughs> Jeez. Yeah. So. So um, crazy. So last time we talked, we were just like, oh, so the world's just gonna stop, right? And then over the over the next few weeks or so, we're just like, yeah, sports are coming back. Sports are coming back. But right now, the WNBA wobble is working. The NBA bubble is working. Major League Baseball is not working so well, but they're still going on. So, what the heck, man? <laughs> it's kind of changed. Yeah, I mean, honestly, so we we spoke in April, right? We spoke at March. Oh, oh gosh. Okay, yeah. so we spoke in March. Yeah, see how far away I'm. So March, literally, we were just in the middle of this, and we yeah. were like doom, gloom, speculating, and we were just kind of, you know, thinking the worst. And both of us have kind of had that same perspective of like being cautious as the world changes. But here we are, five months later. Um, sports is right now hit or miss, depending on what sport you really love. But yeah. at least. The NBA and WNBA and MLS for right now have worked after MLS had an early scare. So it's kind of crazy that here we are, sports is back, but now we're seeing a dilemma with college football where some schools, some conferences have decided they're not going to play, some conferences have, and colleges are thinking about whether they're going to bring back kids, and some colleges are already having like little clusters of outbreaks. So it's like we are still seeing a lot going on that just still makes it like this is crazy, you know? Yeah, um, how's hockey doing? I think hockey's going on right now too, right? So yeah, hockey, yeah, hockey's doing it, and they were smart. They just said, "Forget America, forget the United States. We're going to do this in Canada." Yeah, right. <laughs> <We're> not, <laughs> like Canada basically is like looking at us, like y'all are y'all are too hot right now. Like they kicked out the Blue Jays. Like the Blue Jays are playing, I think in Buffalo. Yeah, Buffalo, yeah, they're playing Buffalo. So Canada's like, look, if you if you want to play sports here. You can, but you got to make sure nobody's bringing anything up here. Yeah, because we we actually are handling this a lot better. <laughs> so it's it's crazy. It, it still like blows my mind five months later that here we are as as we're living our lives. You're still kind of like you know either on pause or you're adjusting as you go. Sports is kind of you know feeling its way back, but we're still looking around like we're still in this thing, and it's kind of crazy. Yeah. And again, like it's gonna be for a while. We're still gonna be in our houses for a while. But at least um, some sports are coming back. Uh, some sports are back. Um, NBA feels a bit normal right now. Um, no positive tests 
for both NBA and WNBA. So that's great news. Yeah, I think that's been the biggest, you know, joy of this whole thing is that if you put things, it's kind of like what people said about a virus. If you can like keep the virus out, test and keep everybody contained in one environment, there's no way to spread it. And if you can't spread it, it can't go anywhere. So uh, they've done a great job so far. I think, you know, we've seen reports where Adam Silver is trying to be very careful and not, you know, put his pom-poms out, which I think is smart because it's not about starting this. They have to finish this and they have at least two more months to go to ride this out so we'll see but i think you know they deserve props i mean they've shown that this is pretty much the only way you can have um pro sports without the risk of covid19 and you know they should be applauded for it right now yeah and and i forgot also you i don't know if you saw this you probably saw this yesterday but i guess yale just approved they're trying this uh, saliva test approved that yale did that they've done inside the nba bubble they're trying to get that approved so if that gets approved that could be a game changer for how people get tested, not just for like college sports coming back, but also for the rest of us. So yeah, yeah, that's that again. The NBA and WNBA, NBA PA have done a fantastic job in trying to handle this responsibly, and they deserve a lot of praise mm-hmm. in, in this moment. I'm not gonna get you in trouble here, but I'll just say this for myself. <laughs> but um, why is it the NBA running our country right now? That's all. Anyway, um, wait, the NBA is not like I thought. Everybody was watching the bubble games. Yeah. <laughs> I, know what you mean. I know what you mean, but I'm saying, like, I figured everybody, the way I'm seeing social media react, it feels like everyone's just sitting around watching the, the NBA, and I'm like, well, yep. everyone who said that the NBA was not going to be popular or this wasn't going to work, everyone sure is tweeting about it. Like, these games are really, really uh, exciting. So, yeah. there you go. Yeah. And on uh, Saturday, we had the first playing game in, what, six decades, apparently? Where uh, yeah. the Memphis Grizzlies, the team that you're covering, went against the Portland Trail Blazers for their right to face the Lakers starting on Tuesday. And, wow, what a game that was. Even though Memphis was missing Jaron Jackson Jr., which really sucks. But, man, what a what a game that was, man. That was a, that was a fun game to watch. I think even as a, as a, as a journalist watching it, yeah. you have to just kind of pinch yourself like, wait, enjoy this game. Try to watch your, you know, watch your story, obviously, but... The game itself was fantastic. I mean, the first quarter looked like the Grizzlies were, you know, going to be in trouble as they always were. They started slow. Portland was going to pull away, and then they came back, and then the second half was just classic back-and-forth playoff basketball that we love. Mm. And you have to get, you know, you have to say this. The NBA knows how to sell drama really well. They do. And players know how to rise to that moment. Like, I think everyone – and what was good about it was, like, the Grizzlies weren't – a lot of their games weren't on, you know – and be, you know, national TV, they were on link pass. So for most people, outside of the Pelicans game, this was really their their chance to see this Grizzlies team. And boy, did they get a show from John ja Morant? Yeah. I, mean, I, I want to ask you, like you you've watched Job ja play. Like I've been able to watch him close these last you know few months. Mm-hmm. What did you think about him in that game? Oh my God! <laughs> it, it, <laughs> I mean, I watched ja, yeah, I watched him obviously a lot this year. But man, like he stepped up to the occasion. Um, a friend actually texted me yesterday who, who doesn't have League Pass, but she watched John Moran basically like, I don't know if it's her first time, but like, she was just like, wow, he's electrifying. Like, and that's what he is, right? Like, um, people compare it to Russell Westbrook and everything, but he's just, he's just so good. And it's so scary how good he is at this young age. Yeah, no, his poise is the most amazing thing about him is that yeah. he just has, he has the ability to say, all right, I want to pass, I want to set the table. 
But if I need to attack, I'm going to attack. And of course, he's going to get better at that as he gets a better feel for himself and the, and the NBA speed. But already after one season, you just see him and you're just like, how is this guy so far advanced at 20, 21 years old? Like he, he is going to be special. And I think everyone watching him yesterday or Saturday, you know, during that game, I think people are really going to sit back here and be like, wow, we just watched a star take another turn to say, get ready year two, because he is going to be coming for people. He was going against the juggernaut of the bubble, Damian Lillard, and he scored 35 points and had eight assists. Like, dude, he just went toe-to-toe with Damian Lillard. You know what I mean? Like, that's amazing to me. Yeah, and, and, and granted, Portland's defense was bad where I figured, okay, well, well, the Grizzlies will get their shots because Portland's basically going to be like, you have to outscore us to win, and the Grizzlies dang near did. But still... Ja took it to them, and again, the Grizzlies were playing without Jaron Jackson Jr., who spreads the floor so much so well for them. Yeah, and and you know, Ja played well. Brandon Clark, you know, who's going to be on the All Rookie First Team, I believe, with Ja, he had a great game. Dylan Brooks did a great job defending Dame, and he also got his twenty points. And then for for an old school head like me, we got a, a classic big man battle with Jonas Valanciunas and Yusuf Nurkic. You know, you know, almost both having twenty twenty games. I mean, it was. A fantastic game that I think is the perfect way to get ready for the playoffs. And I think that the Grizzlies really showed that, hey, they weren't supposed to be in this position when the year started. They're here now. The West is obviously going to be tougher next year, but they're going to gain so much from this journey just because they got to see firsthand what it takes to be a playoff team. And for a young team, that's the best way you can learn, right? Yeah. And it's easier for either team. Like, Grizzlies were the youngest team in the league, and they had John Morant. Brandon Clark should have been a finalist for Rookie of the Year instead of Zion, probably. Um, Valanciunas, again, you mentioned the, the old-school big-man duel between him and Nurkic. That was great. Um, Dylan Brooks is not afraid to take whatever shot he can. Um, and in Portland, we had Lillard, obviously. CJ McCollum playing with an injury. Nurkic's grandma just passed away that same day. And, and Carmelo Anthony's redemption story. I mean, what else can you say about that? Like, people just counted him out over the last year, and here he is making a big shot with 20 seconds left in the game. Oh, my gosh. I think we all have to kind of like look at Carmelo and be like, you were right, we were wrong. Yeah. And the scary thing was, the Grizzlies' first game, Melo had the exact same situation, and he made two go-ahead three-pointers, mm-hmm. I believe, in that final, in like the final minutes of that game to kind of yeah. force get overtime. So he really has shown everybody, hey, I still got this. And, again, I will say this. I was one of those people who thought that Melo wasn't going to be able to contribute because of his defense. I thought he was going to be a great scorer, but I didn't think he was going to be able to contribute defensively. Um, But bless him for getting in shape during the hiatus. Bless him for reminding everybody that his jumper and he was still good. He was always a a great clutch time player, Mm -hmm. and everyone is seeing it. Everyone's seeing that he still has a chance. And you know what? Whatever happens the rest of the bubble – you know, we talk about how great LeBron was in year 17. Give Carmelo this. He's going to have at least a chance to play meaningful basketball in year 17, and the Blazers will need it from him. So give him that credit because I sure thought he was not going to be able to do it. I mean, I saw him play in, Port- I saw him play in Memphis, mm-hmm. and it was almost um, – I felt sad for him because he was, I think, one for – he only made like – I think it was like maybe one for 10, one for 11. He had, like, he had double-digit rebounds, but he just looked off. Like he looked like, you know – the aging veteran that we all worried he was going to be, but now he looks like a totally different player, and I'm happy to see it because 
you know, he deserves to go out, you know, with a little bit of, like, fire still in his, in his arsenal. Yeah, and his own terms, too. This is Shay, Shay Serrano, and you are listening to the Ray Ray is Fundamental Podcast. I think Ray Ray should change the name of the podcast, but he likes it, so that's what you're listening to. Segway to that, by the way, LeBron and Carmelo, you mentioned that, and they're going to be facing each other for, in the playoffs for the second time in their career. Only the second time in their careers, which is weird to me because, um, well, they were they were an opposite coast for a while, but um, they only face each, they only face each other uh, when he was the Knicks and LeBron was with the Heat. So, um, yeah, second time in their in their careers that they're facing each other in the playoffs. Um, so, everyone say that Portland's gonna give the Lakers a difficult time. Uh, what do you think of that? I mean, I think they will, but I don't think they'll upset them per se. No, I, I think they will give the Lakers a battle because, look, I was not aware. I mean, I knew who Nurkic was, yeah. but I wasn't aware of how much of a difference maker he is. He is, wow, he is really good as far as doing all those things that you need from a big man. Rebound, defend, score inside. You know, he can shoot three if he needs to. He is really, really good. I think he's going to be a, a, a fun player to see kind of inside the bubble against, you know, this Lakers, you know, tall front court. But, on the other hand, as much as I think the Lakers are going to win this series, the Lakers have not played well. They in haven't. The and, I don't, and I don't think you can just say, well, they're going to turn on switch and be fine, like you could say about the, the Bucks or whoever. I, I think there are some concerns where it's like, all right, maybe they just kind of ease up the gas when they clinch the, you know, the number one seed in the West. But I do have some concerns. Their offense wasn't that great in there. Um, they don't have Avery Bradley. Um, of course, the Blazers don't have Trevor Ariza either, but um, I think that series is going to be close. Like, the Lakers will win, but I do think that just because their issues in the bubble won't go away right away, I think it's going to be a close series, but I still got the Lakers um, winning in six. It should be a fun series, though, I think. Yeah, I agree with you, Lakers in six, but also this, too. Um, not just for the Lakers, but everybody. This is a neutral court. There's no longer any home court advantages. You're just seed. You're just seeded because of your records, and there's nothing else. There's no advantages anywhere. You're not. You're not eating at home or sleeping at home or whatever. You are playing at a neutral court in the middle of hot Florida. <laughs> you know what I mean? So <laughs> there ain't no advantages going on here. No, and, and that's kind of the fun thing about this is there are no like playing on a home court. We realize is kind of like one of the biggest things that we love about. The playoffs is that home court atmosphere, the comfort, all that stuff. Yeah. The neutral court, I think, is going to make it really, really tough to kind of just assume, okay, well, the Bucks and Lakers are going to be, the Bucks and Clippers are going to meet. Like, I think that the neutral court is literally going to be the great equalizer mm-hmm. for some of these games, some of these teams, because again, I saw some, I saw one theory somebody said was, well, when no fans on neutral court, we're going to see a lot of people who look good working out might have a chance to shine in these moments, and. I think that'll happen. Like the pressure of these games is going to be up there because of the playoffs. But you take away that home court, and everything changes. And so I think it'll be really interesting, um, kind of how how that turns out starting on Monday. Yeah, um, we have the. Th- I'm weirded out by this sequence. Uh, the Thunder supposedly had home court if this if this was a normal situation. But it's because the, because the Rockets won their division in the higher seed. But it had to competition the Thunder won. So, technically, the Thunder would get home court advantage, but they're the lower seed. Anyway, Thunder, Rockets, um, Westbrook will be playing game one. Um, the Thunder have been a great story this entire year. 
because uh, everybody thought Chris Paul was done, and they have a ragtag bunch with Adams, Gallinari, Dennis Schroeder, uh, Shea Gilgis, Alexander, but they have been solid all season. And of course, the Rockets, everyone likes to hate on the Rockets on James Harden's play, and uh, but that's going to be a solid series right there. It's going to be a tough one. Oh, yeah. That, that series is going to be fun, and obviously, you know, there might be some nostalgia for some people thinking, well, you know, Westbrook and, you know, Westbrook and Harden against the Thunder, you know, Chris Paul factor. Yeah. Um, I, I think that's going to be a fun series. Like, I saw, obviously, I saw the Thunder when the Grizzlies beat them, and that team didn't have Schroeder, obviously, but I think he is, he is absolutely going to make that a much, you know, a much more fun matchup just because he's another guy who can go and get his own shot. Um, I actually, I think I picked the Rockets. But uh, that's going to be a fun series, man. That's going to be fun. I'm going to pick Thunder in seven only because I don't know how long Westbrook's going to be out. Because that's going to be a big thing right there. Oh, that's oh, that's right. I forgot. I forgot Westbrook is out. Ooh, yeah. I, but we don't know how long. We don't know how long. Right, right. And I, I made my prediction kind of forgetting about that. So that's – if okay. So if he doesn't play for at least – he might be out for what, a couple of games. But if he can come back by like game three or four mm-hmm. – Maybe that gives them a chance, but ooh, you, you made a good point. Like I don't, Harden can carry them, but the thing with Harden is that every time in those series, the longer those series get, he usually gets tired. He does. But, what but with the bubble and with the hiatus, is that still going to be a factor? Because he doesn't have an 82 game season where he's had to do everything by himself. You know, the offices to run through him. Yeah. So uh, I, that could be really interesting. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I still think the Rockets win, but. Yeah, I totally forgot about the Westbrook factor. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but when Westbrook comes back, it's gonna be electrifying. I know that. So, um, Denver, Utah, Conley's out because of the birth of his child, I believe. So he'll be out for the, for the first few games. But I mean, Denver, Michael Porter Jr. has been incredible in the bubble. So that's the X factor right there. Um, who was it? Yeah, Gary Harris is not playing, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, who else? Is, I know there's another player who's not playing. Oh, Will Barton. Will Barton. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but we probably don't get that Porter if they played in the bubble. So um, I, I think Denver takes this just because I think Utah has been out of sorts the entire bubble. Like they, they've been so inconsistent this entire thing. So yeah, no, Utah has looked. Utah again that the Grizzlies played them, and you could tell they missed Bogdanovich's uh, three point shooting because yeah. they struggled scoring the ball. Um, obviously now Mike Conley. Today is going to miss a couple games because of the birth of his child. And actually, Woj just tweeted that uh, Ed Davis for the Jazz is going to miss the whole series due to a left knee MCL injury. So, the I already had questions about the Jazz before then, mm-hmm. but the the Nuggets look good. Like I like I like you know Jokic, Michael Porter Jr. I'm so happy to see him play like that again. Like he looks like the guy that I saw in high school for a couple games where he's just scoring at will. Um, I like Denver. Um, I just Jazz are just you know, Jazz are missing some you know key pieces, and I think we're gonna go with I had I picked Denver to win. I'm gonna stick with that in lieu of what we just learned now. Yeah, maybe Denver in five, probably. I'm guessing. So that's what I got. I got yeah. Denver in five. All right, and the Clippers Mavericks. Um, the Clippers, I believe they'll have Her- Harrell, uh, Beverly are questionable for the first game, but either way, I think they're gonna be a healthy team. And of course, Mavericks, you got Luka, Chris Porzingis, um, but they can't really play defense either. Um, so it's going to be a high-scoring series, I believe. It's just going to be like, that's just how, how it's going to be. Um, Clippers in six, probably? Uh, yeah, I think that's fair. I, I'd say Clippers in five, mm-hmm. but I think to me that, you know, I will go ahead and just say, yeah, Clippers in five. 
Luca's going to have fun in that series in a way where I think Luca's going to just show people why he is just such a ridiculous player. But too much Kawhi, too much Paul George, Lou Will, too too many too many pieces. So yeah, Clippers got that one. Yeah. Going to the East, we have the Bucks and the Magic. Magic lost Jonathan Isaac, who's their best defensive player, and that's pretty much the game right there, I think. So, um, this should be a sweep, right? Yep, I am going to go with the Bucks and four. Giannis comes back from that lovely suspension that Memphis, <laughs> that, that Memphis is deeply happy for, I should note. Memphis was yes. waiting for that suspension, and they were deeply happy. So, kudos to Giannis for doing Memphis a solid. <laughs> um, but they, they beat the Magic in four. Um, that too much, too much defense, too much going on. They're gonna win that series, and poor, poor Orlando, man, poor yeah. Orlando. Yeah, that's just. Well, this is their whole court advantage, I guess. Technically, I mean, they are playing in Orlando after all, but no facts. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Nice to be there, but that is what it is. They had the AT locked up the minute Bradley Beal was hurt. So yeah. God, that was just so awful to watch. The Wizards, like. They lost their first seven games, and their last their last game was basically a throwaway against Boston. So, um, Pacers Heat. Pacers are the number four seed. Not that it matters at this at this point, but we all know about the T.J. Warren, Jimmy Butler beef in January. Um, this was a tough one. Uh, I'm gonna go with Heat in six. I, I I'm going with Heat and six as well, and only I made that pick more so because I want to see that next round matchup between them and the Bucks. <laughs> I I want to see that. Oh matchup. man! I okay. Without getting too far ahead, yeah. Miami versus the Bucks would be a a heck of a series. It would be. Yeah. But staying in the moment, um, I think Miami's got you know good shooting. T.J. Warren obviously is on fire right now, but I think in the playoffs, better coach. Jimmy Butler, Bam Adebayo is going to have a, an impact. I'm going with the Heat. Yeah. Pacers will have Sabonis. Uh, Pacers, Oladipo is not 100%. It's basically all T.J. Warren at this point. Ah, so, uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, ah, Celtic Sixers. This would be a good, a good series if Ben Simmons was actually playing. He's not. So, uh, Joel Embiid's been hurt too. I mean, he'll play, but he's not 100%. Um, Celtics are not, have been clicking. The last week or so, throw away that game against the Wizards though, because they did play their, their guys there. But this should be this should be Celtics in five, I think. Yeah, that's I got the same thing here. Um, again, another team I got to see play the Grizzlies, and boy, I love that young core of the Celtics. I just <laughs> I love that core. Like Brown and Tatum are so good. Uh, Kemba's out. Kemba's healthy. Um, he looks really good. Obviously, if you have Hayward in the mix. There's just so many young guys on that team where you're just like, how do they get this? Not just how do they get them, but how do they get them so ready? And I think we need to start looking at Brad Stevens. Like, give him a lot more. Like, he's getting credit, but, like, think about this. When he came from Butler, I don't think any of us expected him to, like, be, you know, a top elite coach right away. Like, we assumed that he'd be, like, another college coach who comes in and doesn't do well. Mm-hmm. But he's done a really good job, and you have to give him a lot of credit with this, especially considering how, before Billy Donovan, you know, you didn't really have too many – Successful college couple leagues. I think John Beeline with the Cavs. That oh went, wow, that went horribly. Yeah. So I would say give you know Brad Stevens is just amazing to watch just as a coach. And again, this team so young, so good. And I wish Ben Simmons was healthy because this would have been another great Boston Philly moment in those two his in those two franchises' histories. But 
Celtics in five. Yeah, and now I'm afraid of the of Philly's future because like now there's gonna be talk about separating Simmons and Embiid. So I'm afraid of that right yeah. now. Yeah. Yeah, and, and it's scary because you know the worry is like what they well what if they both could stay healthy? Like we were worried about Embiid being healthy. Now Simmons has this. Yeah. And you know I don't know like it's it's gonna give you some questions. So we'll see what happens. Yeah. And the final series in the East, uh, Raptors and Nets. Raptors have been incredible in the bubble. Um, they, it's like they're all kinds of defensive schemes that offenses can't score on. Um, but since it is tradition that Raptors lose game one all the time, <laughs> I'm going to go Raptors in, game, Raptors in five. I forgot about that point. <laughs> uh I actually I got the Raptors in four. Um, defensively, I was really impressed with what they did against the Grizzlies. They oh made them God. look they made them look rough. Yeah. Um, I think Nick Nurse, who is my pick for coach of the year, I think he's done a a great job. Siakam is, you know, going to be that guy. Kyle Lowry is doing really well. Like, his team is so good. The Nets are going to be interesting because Karis LeVert against Portland just looked like a man possessed. Oh, so good. And they got they got some heart. They got some heart. Like, those guys on the Nets are playing incredibly hard. Um, you know, it almost makes you feel, you know, weird what's going to happen when Durant and Irving get healthy because that team's going to have a radically different look to it. But um, Raptors got this one. They're going to win it pretty pretty convincingly, and then we get ready for a heck of a second round because Raptors-Celtics. Oh, so good. And by the way, you mentioned Durant and Irving. Also DeAndre Jordan, Spencer Dinwiddie. Also out. So. Oh gosh, I forgot. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we might have to enjoy the heart and scrap of this Nets team because next year they're going to be they're going to look even better. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So, um, who do you have winning the entire thing now that the the NBA bubble is gonna should be okay till October, hopefully. Oh. Oh gosh, you're gonna put me on the spot for this, huh, Ray? Uh. Well, yeah. So we always just what we do. oh man um well i still think that if it's the lakers and bucks i am trusting lebron and i'm trusting lebron in the seven game series Mm -hmm. but um i will say this i think the clip i mean the lakers Clippers series would be really good but i think the lakers win it but i also think the clippers could win that which is you know growing up in la you understand this too like the idea of the Clippers being in the NBA Finals <laughs> is is a, is a really wild concept, you know? It but is. Even the, but even, like, you know, we're, we're around the same age. The Bucks being a really, really good team, like, this team in the 90s, when we were coming up watching them, they were, a, you know, a fun team, but, you know, they weren't this good. Like, yeah, they weren't this good, like, you know, but I, I'm going to stand to my prediction of Lakers and Bucks. Okay. And I, think, I think the Lakers will win it, but if the Bucks win, I won't be surprised either because defensively they're really, really good. I just remember the Lakers beating the Bucks right before the you know the season was suspended and looking really good. Um, I just for some reason think that get the Bucks to play a half court style in a series where a coach can scheme against them and you figure out a way to stop Giannis. Chris Middleton looks like he's going to be – Chris Middleton is much better this year. But I have a feeling if you can, like, find a way to slow down Giannis for a seven-game series as the coaches get used to him, the Bucks are going to be a really, really tough team to try to, you know, score. But I'll go with – I'm going to go with the Lakers. It's not a homer pick. It's strictly – Yeah, yeah. I 
who am I gonna who do I think will beat LeBron James and that team in a seven game series, even without Avery Bradley? I, but their offense isn't that great. I go I'm gonna go with the Lakers, but again, I'm not confident in that pick. Well, we've seen teams historically be bad at the end of the regular season and then just burst through the postseason. Uh example, Lakers in twenty ten. They didn't look great at the end. And then they just went swept through the West, basically, right? Right. Uh, LeBron's teams are historically bad at the end of regular season as well, but they took the Cavs to the finals each year. Yeah, as for me, uh, I picked the Clippers to an entire thing before the season started. I'm, ah. not, I'm not so confident with any pick right now, honestly. Um, I'll stick with it, I guess, Clippers and Bucks. I'll say the Clippers win. Um, but like you, I'm not confident about it. And I'll say this also, if the Raptors win... I won't be surprised either. They've been playing well all year. I think the rap. I think the Raptors could get the Bucks. I think they could There's... defensively. Mm-hmm. Again, I I think in a playoff series, it all comes down to who can get their shot and who defensively can like stop you. And I think the Raptors have the experience to do it. Yeah. The Celtics have the young players and the experience to do it. The Bucks just look like a team that's just been a you know quiet as kept, like one of the better juggernauts. You know, outside of the Warriors, we've seen the last few years. Yeah. You know, just by the numbers. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's it's going to be tough, man. Like I think the Raptors could get them. I I don't I don't think the Bucks are slammed enough to get to the finals. Yeah. Uh, just because the East, the top of the East is is tough. It really is. Like, oh my gosh! But again, no home court advantage. Um. So who knows? Um. <laughs> Right. Hey guys, it's Pamela Horton, Miss October 2012, and you are listening to Ray Ray is Fundamental Podcast. I was afraid that we were going to talk about NBA Jam for like 90 minutes and 10 minutes of NBA playoffs, but it didn't turn out that <laughs> way. So, But now we can talk about NBA Jam, because I know you wanted to talk about it. And the funny thing is that like, I just saw this um, tweet, I just retweeted it right now, where um, uh, someone uh, in Costco, there was a NBA Jam arcade machine being sold so <laughs> i want one of those if i have room here but i don't so uh, yeah yes nba jam nba jam te nba hang time did you play nba hang time that was a great one too i own NBA hang time mm. i had i had nba jam on game gear because i did have sega genesis early on i had game i had nba jam and nba jam tournament edition on game gear and of course, when I got my N64, I got NBA Hang Time. So I played the NBA Hang Time so much. Like we, I had like remember I had friends over for my birthday. We played that before we'd go out somewhere. Um, that was a fun one because unlike NBA Jam TE, like yeah, you had Team Fire, but you could do like alley oops. Yeah, you had you know the, the music was cooler. Um, the I, I like the whole feel of it. Like they did a good job with those three games, basically starting the template of. NBA Jam, which you can do all the cool stuff. Tournament Edition was Team Fire, which was, was you know, the fire, which is incredible. But no, no, wait. Did it, was Team Fire in Hang Time or Tournament Edition? Remind me. God, I don't remember because it's been so I, long no, already. No, but no, I think... no. Team Fire was in Hang Time. Tournament Edition, you could sub guys out. That was the cool thing. You could sub guys out for Tournament Edition. Yeah. So that was what I really liked about it. So. My memory's running away, so I'll let you pick up one. <laughs> yeah, well, NBA Hang Time, um, you played it so much. Do you remember the rap halftime song? <laughs> I do in my head. Don't ask me to rap it. I remember it, but you probably know better than me because 
you have a, a, a tendency to remember a lot a lot more obscure stuff than I do. Anything goes on, a, on the corner never been beat, be the only skinny, but like they're 10 feet. <laughs> like I said, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> Ray Ray is the master of like remembering obscure stuff that makes me laugh that I remember when he brings it up. <laughs> Dude, like, I, me and my friend, I think, played like three or four seasons of NBA Hang Time when we were in our early 20s. Like, God, like, of course that song will stick in your head if you play the game a hundred times. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, <laughs> did you play... Okay, NBA Showtime, that was great because it also had the the John Tesh, Rambo Rock theme song, so that was cool. Um, yeah, yeah. Did you play NBA Hoops, which is a three-on-three version? NBA Hoops. What system was that on? Dreamcast. Oh, no, 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 no. I didn't have a... I only played Dreamcast very rarely, so I didn't play that one. Yeah, but they had a three-on-three version of NBA Jam there, which I didn't play until, like, a decade ago. Mm. So, but yeah, because my friend owns that one. Um, did you play the NBA Jam, the the updated version, and like uh, the 360, PS3, whichever one it was, that EA I, made? I did not, and I wish I did, because that would have been like a dream for me to basically sit down for like two hours and lose my head. <laughs> I would have been playing that all the time, you know? <laughs> yeah, and they have many games there, too. There's like tw- there's a game of 21 or Around the World, stuff like that. So there's a lot of mini games in that NBA in version of NBA Jam too, and I'm a little disappointed that they only followed it up with that. And there's there hasn't been an NBA Jam game since, and I don't know why. Like it's, I feel like it's a money maker. Well, you know what's you know, funny to me is that you see, I've the Grizzlies have a thing now where they've worn like shirts, like modern NBA Jam shirts, where they have Ja and Jaren on there. Yeah, that's that's cool, man. And I love it. Like I I kind of want that shirt actually. Like I know I'm covering the team, but it's like that's a cool shirt. Like. Um, one of their PR, one of their uh, people who works for the the media team has it, and I'm just jealous of it because <laughs> it looks really, really good. But I'd love to see them. Like, who would we do modern NBA Jam with, like in this era? Like, it would be really fun. Like, pick pick the playoff teams, go around and be like, okay, who's our NBA Jam duo? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, like off the top, obviously John Jaron for the Grizzlies, but the Trailblazers, Damon CJ, right? Yeah. Um, the Lakers, LeBron and Davis—that's that's a no-brainer. Right. Clippers, um, Clippers would be Kawhi and Paul Paul George, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bucks would be Giannis and Middleton. Yeah. It just okay. be, it just be funny to have the Lopez twins though. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like okay, so I didn't realize that apparently Brooke Lopez now was like a three-point shooting big man. Like I just yeah. realized that. <laughs> yes. And I'm like, wait a minute. Like, when I watched them in high school, when I watched them in college, that dude, you know, they were in the paint doing all that stuff, and now Brooke Lopez is your stretch five? I'm like, wait a minute. I believe both twins are stretch fives now. So, look, I I <laughs> give Serge Ibaka a lot of crap younger because I was like, why are you shooting threes? You're a defensive player of the year. You are a shot blocker and all this stuff. But he was smart because here we are, almost 10 years of those Thunder teams, he's still in the league being productive. So him, I give Brooke Lopez, Robin Lopez credit, guys who realized, hey, I got to spread, spread the floor to stay effective, so more power to him. Yeah. I'm just looking at Robin Lopez's stats right now, and he just, he just started shooting this year. So <laughs> <laughs> better, late, better late than never. Yeah, huh? yeah. Um, now now you got me thinking about NBA Jam teams, though. The Celtics, the Celtics will be tough because you have, like, four guys you can use for a duo there. Oh, no, no, no. The answer is easy for that. Brown and Tatum. Yeah, I guess, yeah. I mean, because... Because Kevin Walker, man, like, he's so good, too. You know what I mean? Okay, tur- tournament edition would be Kimba, Tatum, and uh, Brown. Yeah, and you, tur- can, you can throw in Hayward, too, but, yeah. Uh, yeah, if we go top three, go top three, you could. Yeah. 
All right, let's go through this. All right, so let's go um, the Mavericks. Luca and Kristaps. So. <laughs> oh gosh. Yeah. Good luck defending. Good luck defending that duo. Jeez. Uh, uh, Rockets would be. Rockets would be Harden and Westbrook. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh. Put up. Put, get your points for that one. Um, yeah. Thunder. Hmm. I Ooh. guess Chris Paul and Shea. I guess. That's a good one, because I was going to say Steven Adams, but yeah. Well, I mean, Steven Adams for, like, just push everybody out of the way. Steven Adams, a.k.a. Bomani Jones, nickname for him, The Tooth, because Steven Adams just looks like the most intimidating dude on the floor. Dude, like, that guy's a bear. <laughs> I love it. Like, he is a he is a dog. Like, I like guys like that who are just yeah. cold. So, um, yeah, you could do Shea and uh, CP3. That yeah. could work. All right, uh... The Magic? Vucevic and Aaron Gordon? I'm even hesitant about this one, like... Ooh, ooh, yeah. I mean... I don't know. Fournier's their second top scorer, I believe, so there's that... To, uh, it's a little tough. But, see, Aaron Gordon's like the epitome of NBA Jam. <laughs> yeah, yeah, good point. That is, that is He is an NBA Jam guy. You put him in there, let him go loose. Yeah, let him do his 1080 dunks or what, however he goes. <laughs> oh man oh man okay all right uh let's see we did the ra uh, do we do the raptors no no um pascal and kyle lowry i guess that, that makes sense yeah yeah lowry and siakam i think that would work uh -huh. i would probably bring marcus all off the bench just for the uh the fun of it yeah but i think yeah siakam and lowry mm -hmm. um okay do we pick the Nets as they are now, or do we pick the Nets with what they will be when they're fully healthy? Well, obviously, if they're fully healthy, we know who we're going to pick for the Nets. Of course. But now, it's like Karis LeVert and who else? <laughs> Karis LeVert and... Yeah. Well, well, Memphis will appreciate this. Jeremiah Martin, who's on the Nets, who's been playing pretty well. Yeah. Uh, you can nominate him, but I mean... That might be the team you have to throw somebody on, or just throw somebody on, like like with Joe with, Harris, yeah. Right. Somebody just just you know, like NBA Jam basically had a team where you're just like, okay, who do you pair with, you know, um, such and such? You're just like, all right, put somebody there next to Jim Jackson on the Mavericks. Yeah, because I think they had, they may have had Mashburn and Jackson on uh, the Mavericks, but I feel like that team, which by the way should have been better given how good all those guys were in college. Yeah, I felt like you would just put anybody next to the, one of those guys and be like, all right. Somebody's got to be the worst team. Yeah. <laughs> Somebody's got to be the worst team with the walk with Washington. Yeah. Oh my God. Uh, yeah. Okay. So we got. So obviously, if the Nets were healthy, we go with um, Durant and Irving. Yeah. Duh. We mentioned the Celtics, so the Sixers. That's also easy. And beat Simmons. Of course. Mm -hmm. of course. Uh, Pacers. Pacers would be a fun one. Um, again, doesn't matter how healthy or whatever they are. Like the, the best two guys in the Pacers. Does, does T.J. Warren get on there now? Hmm. Sabonis played well all year. I guess we'd go with Sabonis and Oladipo, but Oladipo hasn't been healthy in, like, the last two years. But you know what, though? Like, if he's still if he's still playing as of right now, you could go throw him on there. Yeah. Because Sabonis has been a really – Sabonis had a really breakout year, so I would – I'd go with that. And then tournament edition, T.J. Warren. Yes. You were rewarding with that on tournament edition. Yeah. Uh, we you know we should have done a tournament edition for this like add <laughs> third player on this but 
Oh well. Uh, it's always duos though. So, um, yeah. the Heat. Oh yeah, Heat. Jimmy Butler and Bam. Yeah. Bam yeah. 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 You could do. I think Bam has earned it. Bam's going to be in the most improved player conversation. He um, should win. I think, but that's just me. Yeah. I mean. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's it's close. I mean, Jimmy and Bam. Because I don't think you'd put Tyler Hero on there. <laughs> although there'd be he would although he would tell you that he deserves to be on there because he could like light it up. He can. Yeah. He, that, he's another guy who's like an NBA Jam ready player. Like give him the ball and be like, go score. <laughs> tournament tournament edition, you can throw in Tyler Hero and Duncan Robinson because then all they're gonna do is shoot threes and. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah, D- Duncan Robinson. By the way, like I, another guy who I got to enjoy watching the NBA closer. That guy can shoot the lights out, can't he? He can. <laughs> he, he can shoot the lights out. Like, good gosh! Like, I watched the, the scrimmage against the Grizzlies. I was like, how did I not know about this dude? <laughs> but, but, but I will say this, and this is something that I think is funny because of covering high school sports and college football for the last, you know, six years. I really feel like I was out of the loop of like most young players from like 2014 to like 2019 unless you were like a really big name guy mm-hmm. so i've really had a chance to learn and watch some of these younger players more and i've loved it i really really love it so to, to watch a guy like duncan robinson be like oh i didn't know you but i kind of like your game because you can shoot the crap out of it yeah to be fair he only came in this year as a as a big name so um as a starter or as a six man or whatever so right yeah right but yeah, I thought like I just needed to say that, like how crazy it is that literally the last few years I've had to learn more about guys who I kind of had a passing knowledge of until the playoffs. Yeah, yeah. Did we do everybody? Oh, uh, we forgot Utah, but oh. I, th- I think that's easy too. So is well, is it easy considering how they may feel about each other personally? <laughs> Does that matter? No. Yeah. So Mitchell and Go- Mitchell and Gobert, basically. Yeah, um, Mitchell, Mitchell and Gobert. Yeah. So we've done every playoff team for NBA Jam. Um, hopefully, I think the license ran out uh, for EA, so someone has to pick that up again. Hey, all I want is my credit for it. Like you and me need to get credit for coming up with these <laughs> ideas because I'm sure teams have thought about it. But we literally broke it down for all 16 playoff teams. We could do it for the Grizzlies. We could do it for the the Pelicans, if we want, or in Washington when they're fully healthy, like yeah, somebody come come holler at us and get this uh get this royalty check or <laughs> yeah. Unlike the first the first uh, the first NBA Jam when they picked freaking Mike Isolino for the Mavericks, do people even know who Mike Isolino is? Mike Isolino, Isolino, man. So okay, I had to look him up the other day because I remembered his name. <laughs> <laughs> but apparently, he was on the Playboy like preseason All American team. Like he was a good like small school player. But I wondered, I wondered too. I was like, why is he in this game? <laughs> you know, I think every game had that like, why is this guy here? But then, in real life, there was a reason probably why. But man, that's just, whew. yeah. Well, Mike Isolito's career only lasted two years in the NBA. <laughs> <laughs> One of them was an NBA Jam season. <laughs> Long enough, long enough to last on NBA Jam. Yes, and another another pick for NBA Jam, uh, Brad Lowhouse for the Bucks. Brad Lowhouse, yeah, yeah. yeah. So <laughs> the funny thing about so NBA Jam was my education into like basketball. Right. So I would be m- memorizing all these names. <laughs> Brad Lowhouse, that name just sounds really cool. <laughs> that just, his name just sounds really good watching it. But again, he averaged what five point nine points per game. <laughs> 
So you're, you're, that was one of, again, one of those guys was like, you got to put somebody on this team. Okay, well, it came out like 93-ish. So I'm looking at the Bucks roster right now. Who could they have had for um, NBA Jam? Uh, they have Blue Edwards as the other guy, I believe. So, Blue that um, crap out of the ball. Frank Brickowski, Eric Murdoch, Todd Day, Alvin Ooh. Robertson, Fred Roberts, Derek Strong. <laughs> okay, what what year was this roster? 92-93. Okay, so Alvin Robertson wasn't still, like, the defensive threat that he, you know, was known for the rest of his career, right? Like, Yeah, I think, well, he averaged 2.3 steals but only played 39 games. So he still was a threat, but he didn't play very much. Right, so I'm looking again, like, I remember he was in the 84 draft, he was a defensive monster, yes. but it wasn't like he was, you know, I guess by then he wasn't still that, that guy, but, yeah. um, Eric Murdoch, uh, <laughs> now Todd Day could shoot the lights out of the ball, like, by the way, Memphis fans will swear that that dude should have played here in Memphis, and I didn't realize he was close to here, but he wasn't play for Arkansas, but people swear he should have played here in Memphis, because he was, they never should have let him get away, but Todd, Todd Day was another scorer, like, I don't know who else they could have put on that team. Yeah. So Brad Laws it is, right? <laughs> oh, hey. Didn't matter. They were one of the first teams you played in NBA Jam anyway. So it's like, all right, get, get, get them out of the way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Oh, gosh. Who else? What What? What about the Wizards? Who was, who was on the, who was, oh, excuse me, the Washington Bullets at the time? Who was on the Bullets for NBA Jam? I believe it was Calvert Chaney and Scott Skiles. Oh, wait up. Really? I thought Scott Skiles was on the uh, Magic still. Oh, maybe you're right. Oh, maybe that was maybe that was the next year. Cuz the arcade game had Skiles and Shaq on there. You're right, you're right. Oh, here we go. Here we go. Tom Gugliotta, Harvey Grant. Ooh, that's not bad actually. That actually looked pretty good. Look like Gugliotta obviously was, you know, became a good part of those like Timberwolves team that made the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Um but, man, like, Harvey Grant was on the team. Wasn't Horace Grant on the Bulls? Yes. So you had the Grant brothers both in that game. That's you couldn't really have cool. Jordan on the Bulls because of the licensing thing and stuff. So That's right. That's right. Yeah. How's it going, everybody? This is Bradley Geyser from Sacktown Royalty. You're listening to the Ray Ray's Fundamental Podcast and listen at your own risk. Oh, wow. So apparently I didn't realize that um, Petrovich was – Drazen Petrovich was on the net. Ooh, an NBA Jam. Wow. Like, I feel like I don't remember him on there because it may have been, like, an early edition or something, but I don't remember him on the game, but I remember reading that apparently if you played with him or you played on another team and you hit a deep three-pointer, the announcer would go Petrovich as kind of like a reminder to him, you know, after he passed. Yeah. Wow. I, I read that somewhere, but I didn't realize that. Hmm. Also, I didn't realize... Reggie Lewis was on the Boston Celtics. They passed away that year too, both of them. He sure did. Yeah. Man, that is that's insane, man. Like yeah. it's so crazy. So, man. But those games were like literally that was like my game that educated me on the NBA like besides that and um you know the uh NBA superstars videos I used to watch. <laughs> That was my education at the basketball. I would literally read, research every player. Anytime I read about a team, it's like, oh, I know that player. That was my education. Yeah. Uh, I had I used to collect basketball cards in the early 90s. I stopped pretty quickly, though, for some reason. Um, I had the Lakers versus Celtics video game for Sega Genesis, so that was another good education for me. But yeah. literally, there was no art, there was no NBA game 
in the arcades until NBA Jam. So yeah, yeah. Like, can we talk about that? Like the old, like I don't know if you remember what was the arcade game. It was a basketball arcade game that was like a not a side scroller, but it was like it was like you know you ran up and down the court north and south, and it was really weird because the graphics were awful, of course, like most games were, but. That was like the one arcade game I saw, but NBA Jam really kind of like brought in that fun NBA players music, cool vibe that just made you feel like, yeah, yeah. the NBA is NBA is here. I think the North and South game you're talking about is Run and Gun. <laughs> it, might, it might be. Yeah. It might be. Yeah. Oh gosh. <laughs> gosh. Um. Yeah, because because I, I know there were some NBA games on like Super Nintendo, Sega Genesis, but they weren't that good usually. Um, no. Until NBA Live came along, I think. Yeah, NBA NBA Live. Like I bought NBA Live '95 and '96, mm-hmm. and that kind of was like a, another changer for me because I got to see the whole roster. So I used to watch and see everything. So um, that was definitely really fun. Yeah, I I feel like they should have an NBA Jam 2020, 2021, or whatever. Like I know we have NBA 2K out there. I don't know what the heck's wrong with NBA Live these days. But I think NBA Jam should be out there, man. Or make or remake NBA Street. They haven't Ooh. done that in a decade. Well, you know what's funny is like now how the gameplay has moved toward guards. Mm-hmm. Imagine you could do NBA Street with like crazy handles and sh- jacking up threes. Yeah, dude. D- they, have to, they have to change the rules to make you can't play up to twenty one. You might have to go to like thirty or something. It would sell so well right now. I think. I, mean, I think it would. Yeah, because we don't really have an NBA arcade type of game right now. No, like, NBA 2K has kind of owned the gaming space right now, and they've done a great job with it. Yeah. But, like, you don't have that diversity anymore where you could, like, pick, like, two or three games and have your pick or whatever. I think NBA 2K has just become so just dominant that it's like, hey, we own the market here. But um, that would be cool. NBA Street right now, like, imagine all the guards you could pick right now mm-hmm. with crazy handles. All the guys jacking up threes. I mean, it would be that would be so much fun. Like, a, like NBA, NBA, it would be like almost NBA Street on steroids right now. Kind of like how the NBA is, where scores are, you know, guys scoring 120, 20 a game feels like <laughs> it feels like that happened often versus like back in the day where it was like wow, 120. Yeah, yeah. Like, I, like I'll ask you this: like when you watched the Last Dance, did it blow your mind realizing how many of those games we watched that were so low scoring? Well, no, because I complained about it so much in the 90s. <laughs> I was like, why are, why are these games not going to 100 points nowadays? Like, that was my thing. And a lot of people complain about it, which is funny now because now people are complaining that the scores are too high. And they, yeah, want, like, and they want the defense back from the 90s. And I'm like, no, you don't. <laughs> no, like, I didn't. So I, when I watched the last dance, I didn't realize how low scoring those games were. Like, I remember the, the Cavaliers would play, like, low-scoring, grinded-out games. But looking back, I was like, wow, we really got hyped up over games that barely got to 100. Yeah, 90 and, even. <laughs> like, if they got to 100, it's like, oh, wow. Like, like okay, so the Lakers, when I was growing up, you know, they always had the tacos competition. Like, if the Lakers get to 100, you get tacos. Yes. Well, now, if you – if everyone had that promotion, you'd be getting something free every game. Yeah. You get 100. You can get 100 by the third quarter. Do you know, they, they changed the promotion now to 111 points, I believe, in the Lakers. Oh, they did. 111, yeah. Yeah. Because they're scoring so much now. But again, like, I think in the early 2000s when I saw the Mavericks and the Kings score over 100, I was just like, whoa, they're scoring a lot. I like this. Wow. Yeah. It was that... bad offense back then, man. Now the players are so good now that defenses are trying to catch up. 
Yeah, and I, it's like it's like football. Like basically, the game is is, is catered now toward guard play, three point shooting, and it's just because it's become a case of like, well, almost every team has shooters now. Almost every team wants to jack up shots. Like the Grizzlies finally, you know, joined the, the new century, and <laughs> and I can say that because they were literally like the grind, the grit and grind yes, era. They, yes. they were like at the bottom of like all the shooting categories, and this year they set career highs for pace, three point attempts. I believe, and a few other things. So now they're in that era. But yeah, it's kind of like the design of the NBA now is everyone wants to shoot. And, you know, part of me kind of feels like I missed the mid-range game, but the offenses right now are just insane. Yeah. I kind of miss it. Like, okay, back in the grit and, the, the peak of grit, grit and grind and the Indiana Pacers, I talked about this in the past, where there was a chance where the 2013 NBA Finals could have been the Pacers and the Grizzlies. Imagine that. Right? Oh, man. Man. <laughs> it been rough and tumble 85-point games. Yeah, like that would have been like a purest nightmare, but it would have been like, imagine... that would You know what that would remind me of? The 2005 NBA Finals. Oh, my God. Which, which, which might be the finals that I remember the least, because that series, I was already like, I don't want to watch this. It's going to be boring. <laughs> but I do remember, of course, I remember a couple of these that series, but that's what it would have reminded me of. The 2005 NBA Finals, where it was like, this is really happening, huh? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, but imagine that. Yeah, the Grizzlies Pacers. Wow. What? And, and also, those two teams. Like, Indiana hasn't won a championship. The Grizzlies, you know, were one of the most recent, you know, expansion teams, yeah. if, you, if you will. What? We might need to do a talk about that. The alternate world where the Pacers <laughs> and Grizzlies got to the NBA Finals and how that might have changed, like, NBA rules after that. <laughs> I know. I, I think it, we still would have gone to the three-point shots and everything. Like, we still would have gone there. It might be a little quick. I guess quicker or maybe later. I don't know. I have no idea. But it would have been a nightmare for the NBA because it's like, we didn't ask for this. We want high-scoring teams. We want the glamour teams. We want the big markets. Instead, we're getting two small market grinded-out teams that nobody wants to watch. <laughs> Imagine it that. Was- it would have been something to see, but you know what? I would have absolutely been like, you know what? Let's just, like, throw a, a, a stick of dynamite into every NBA fan's head. Be like, boom. You want basketball? You want defense? Here you go. Right. <laughs> Here you go. You will take this, and you will love it, and you will never complain about the way the game is right now ever again. Yeah. <laughs> but that's a, talk for, that's a talk for another day. Yeah. I should more. save that for, like, next month. I'll have you back on for next month, and let's talk about an alternate world NBA where the Pacers and Grizzlies are king. <laughs> oh my gosh, yeah, that would be fun. Yeah. That, One last thing before we let you go. Streets of Rage 4, you gotta get that soon, man. I know, I know. I'm gonna get it. I'm gonna upgrade my PlayStation. I'm gonna get my video games going. Um, gosh, that game looks so fun. Like, that game looks like what Streets of Rage should have looked like if it had come out like 10 years ago. Like, there should have been a game like that sooner. How much fun is that game, Ray? Make me feel bad. <laughs> Make me feel bad. Yeah. Um. You can play the. Okay. You can unlock a lot of characters, mainly the old school characters, even in their pixel form. So you get enough points in that game, you can unlock like Streets of Rage One Axel and Streets of Rage Two Blaze down the line or whatever. So that's that's really cool. Um. A lot more stages, a lot more enemies. The music is just like '90s. <laughs> it's so '90s. It's great. Um. <laughs> Yeah, um, 
It should be worth your 30 bucks whenever you get it. Yeah, that might be a birthday present to myself. I've already ordered this Prince Deluxe box set for Sign of the Times, but uh-huh. I might I might have to save up and make that a birthday present because um, I don't have time to play a lot of games, but that might be a treat to get that and get a few others in my stable because you have done a good job convincing me to, <laughs> to have more hobbies besides reading and listening to music. <laughs> <laughs> well, Streets of Rage 4 also, you don't have to play the entire game. You can just like play around and then log out. You're fine. That won't, that won't happen. <laughs> I will be, I will be hooked on it because uh, I'm that kind of person as an old school gamer. Yeah, I hear you, I hear you. But hey, if you if you don't have enough time, that's what I'm saying. Like you have that option. Like you can play a stage, take you ten minutes, and then you can log out. So, what was your favorite in that series, by the way? One, two, or three? Oh man, so I would say two is probably my favorite. Which is most people's favorite? Two is my favorite. The music was great. The characters were awesome. I loved Skate when I was a kid. Um, when I started playing again online a few years ago, I really got hooked on Blaze and Skate together. Uh-huh. Um, I think the music, again, I love the music. The villains are great. Um, Streets of Rage 3 to me has just kind of like the cool thing of like the special moves. Mm-hmm. But um, 2 is my favorite. Did, did, did you play the remake, the fan-made remake? I think we talked about this. I'm not sure. We we might have, but I did. I think it was what, Streets of Rage 5 or something? The remake, yeah. Version 5 yeah. or whatever. I played the mess out of that. <laughs> yeah, I, okay, we did. <laughs> I, I downloaded it. I played it a lot. That was actually really cool because you could do a lot more fun with it. The stages were cool. Um, there were I, roots, too. Yeah, like, I loved I actually loved it. Yeah. I loved it. Yeah. So, you'll love 4. So, tell me about it when you get done with it. Um <laughs> Yeah, man, I will try. Yeah. I will try to do that, but you, you convinced me. <laughs> All right, so go ahead and tell everybody where we can find you on the Internet. All right, so I am on Twitter at Evan underscore B. Uh, you can read my stuff at the Commercial Appeal. We'll probably have some more stuff on the Grizzlies offseason, which will be quite interesting because they've locked up their roster mostly for next season. But, uh, yeah, I'll be on Twitter. You can, you know, read my stuff. Um, Ray, anything else I'm missing where people can find me? Mm, I don't know, unless you want to wanna offer them thirst traps on Instagram or something. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> the only thirst traps on Instagram are me, me nerding out over my record collection. <laughs> If you want to dance, go to my Instagram, but no. <laughs> <laughs> All right, follow me on Twitter at the No Look Pass. Find this podcast where you can find where you, wherever you can find the podcast, uh, whether it's iHeartRadio, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, my site, Rary.net slash fun. Um, I think that is it. That's Evan, my NBA Jam partner in crime. And I'm Ray Ray. I can only do lives on NBA Jam, though, so I can't really dunk on them. Thanks, guys. Game over, yeah! Hashtag Blame Ray Ray.